just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're in the middle of a weekend, but there's still plenty of shit to talk about. There's all kinds of crazy things going on throughout the country and throughout our world. But before I get to that, I want to talk about yesterday for me. It was kind of a lazy day for me, kind of and kind of not. You see, yesterday I didn't really focus on any news. I didn't look at TikTok or any of the internet things. I was kind of distracted because I had better things to do. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, what could you possibly have better to do? Well, I'll tell you. I had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And the reason I had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, I had to go see my grandson play basketball. And I will drop in anything to see my kids or my grandkids to play sports. That's my favorite thing in the world. And now when I'm watching the basketball game, of course, my granddaughter, who's 22 months old, is there watching her big brother. And she's excited and clapping and stuff. But after about 15 minutes, she gets bored. So now what she needs to do is go in the hallway, run up and down like a crazy girl, yelling and screaming and having fun. So I get to go out there with her. And I enjoy that just as much as the game because I get to spend some time with my granddaughter. And to be perfectly honest with you, when I spend time like that with my granddaughter, this is the only time I get very much needed cardio. (laughs) I have to chase this kid so she doesn't get hurt or run in the wrong areas and that kind of stuff, but it's great fun. So I'm watching the game. The game ends, and then there's a second game. There's a second game with my grandson's team. I don't know if it's a tournament or jamboree or something like that. So now I have to kill some time. And I have a story that goes along with that period I'm killing the time, but I'm going to continue with what was going on yesterday. So I go to the game at 1030, and that goes till about 1130. It's a great game. I spend more time with my granddaughter. I couldn't ask for a better day at that point. And then about 1 o'clock, my wife and I go off to watch another game. This is the women's gopher hockey team. They're playing in the WCHA playoffs. They played the University of Minnesota Duluth. My wife and I are huge fans of the women's gopher hockey team. If you've never watched a women's hockey game, you might be surprised. These are some very talented hockey players. They are incredible. My wife and I have been watching this team for probably 10 years. The reason we started watching it is because a friend of mine asked me to come watch because his daughter was playing for the Gophers at that time. It's a good friend of mine from high school. I've known him most of my life, and uh, you probably have heard of him too. He played on the 1980 Miracle on Ice team. His name is Mike Ramsey. His daughter, Rachel, was playing on that team. So we went to see the game, and we were hooked immediately. We were impressed by how well they played, how hard they worked, how it was nothing like professional sports, so we started watching. Well, so we watched the several years that uh, my friend's daughter was playing, and she was outstanding. I think she was the captain of the team, and then she, of course, graduated. My friend and his family and uh, Rachel, the, the player, 
uh, no longer came to the Gopher games, but my wife and I still did, and we still do. And it's one of the things we truly love to do. So we go to the Gopher game at 1 o'clock. Gophers win, thankfully, because they're in the playoffs. But then as we're leaving the Gopher game, we get a text from my niece. And her son is playing hockey down in Bloomington at 5 o'clock. My wife says, what do you think? I said, fuck yeah, let's go. We got nothing else going at this point. Uh, We've seen three sporting events already. Let's go see a fucking another one. Let's do it. So we did, and we like to go down to see our my niece's kids play sports too. They're not my grandkids, but they're my grandnieces and nephews. It's a great time, see the family, watch another good game. So I spent pretty much all day yesterday going to sporting events. And uh, while I'm not as big a sporting fan as I once was when it involves my grandkids or my grandnephew or a team that my wife and I feel very devoted to the women's go for hockey team. I'll drop everything to do that. So it was a great day, kind of an intense day. But in terms of what I do with the news and current events, it was a fuck off day. And you got to do that now and again, because you can't sit and be looking at this stuff all the time. Now that said, I I did keep track of some things on my phone and such, so I knew what was going on in the news, because I knew I had to do a podcast, and uh, so I'm somewhat prepared, maybe a little thinner than normal, but uh, we'll work it out. Talking at length has never been a problem for me, so we should be fine. Now I said there was an aside. In between my grandson's basketball games, I had about an hour, hour and a half to kill, Now, this was quite a ways away from my home, so I wasn't going to go home in that short period of time. I'd go home, and then I'd have to come right back. So I had to kill some time in between, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I figured, okay, I'll just go someplace, get some soda, read the news, scroll on TikTok, whatever. You know, I just do that. That seemed like a good way to kill some time. So I walk into a Burger King. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Burger King. Nothing against Burger King. It's just not my thing. But it's there, and it's close, and all I want is pop, so fuck it. I'll go in. I went in. I sat down, and I'm scrolling through TikTok and looking at news and such. I noticed there's a TV on. I said, cool, I'll just watch TV because they they got the news on. And uh, as I'm watching it, I quickly realize that the the channel they have on, the network they have on, is Fox News. Oh, fuck. I purposely skip by Fox News when I'm at home because it makes me angry every time I see it because they, 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 they report no facts. It's all fantasy bullshit. It's all rhetoric. It's really no value in watching it. It's just It's just a waste of time, and it just makes me angry and this was no exception as i'm watching this i see some guy with a british accident accent uh, apparently they think that makes him more credible and he's talking about how joe biden is at fault for russia invading ukraine and i'm looking at it and like i say i get frustrated and angry i go well hold the fuck on a minute now wasn't it donald trump that brought lazaroff 
a Russian spy and a foreign minister of Russia? Didn't he bring him in the Oval Office and accidentally slip him some uh, top-secret information? Yeah, that was Donald Trump. Wasn't it Donald Trump that kissed Vladimir Putin's ass up and down all over the world? And then when he had to uh, answer a question about uh, meddling in the election, Vladimir Putin told Donald Trump, no, I didn't do it. And apparently Donald Trump preferred to believe Vladimir Putin as opposed to our own intelligence agencies, which said, yeah, they absolutely did meddle in the election. That was Donald Trump, right? Wasn't it Donald Trump who vilified Ukraine, made them look bad? Wasn't it Donald Trump who tried to weaken NATO and even maybe take America out of NATO? That was that was Donald Trump. And wasn't it Donald Trump who spoke to Zel- uh, President Zelensky on the phone, trying to coerce and blackmail and threaten him to find non-existent dirt on Joe Biden? Otherwise, he'd hold back military aid. That was that was fucking Donald Trump. So my question is, with all that we know about Donald Trump and his ties to Ukraine and Russia, how do they come up with the idea that Joe Biden had something to do with this, that he was at fault for this? To me, it just looks like everything else we've seen in the last year and a half. Joe Biden cleaning up Donald Trump's fucking messes or trying to straighten out his criminal activity. That's what it seems like. And that's that's the unfortunate thing. You sit and watch Fox News and you hear all this bullshit. They ignore all the facts and uh, important information about it. They make shit up and they put it out there. Now, somebody like me and you aren't going to believe that bullshit. We know better. We know the facts. But there is a faction of people out there, dumb fucking people, that will believe this and take it to their grave, mainly because they don't watch the news anyplace else, just Fox News. And the unfortunate thing is Fox News isn't even a news organization. News organizations have to register as such, and they have to follow some guidelines and rules. Well, Fox News is registered as an entertainment network. And we know that when Fox News presenters are brought to court about the lies and the bullshit they say, their defense is, well, nobody would believe what we say. We're just entertainers. <laughs> you see what I mean? I sat there for 15 minutes drinking a pop, and I had to go. I watched Fox News for 15 minutes, and now I have to come here and rant about it because it annoyed me so fucking much. Well, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to watch Fox News again. I'm not going back to Burger King. And... uh Next time we have a split in the uh, sporting events, I'll just wait it out in the gym and uh, have some quiet time. Maybe that's maybe that's the best way to go about this. <laughs> All right, let's get to getting. Now, before we uh, get to some of the news stories, I this, this wasn't this was I got this in a text form, and it's because it's somebody I know, so I'm not going to give them give their name about it but i thought this was interesting you know how i've been putting out there that we need to somehow tie republicans and putin and russia together and stick that on them and keep it on them until uh, the november midterms you know and I, i said we're looking for hashtags or little phrases that we can use to stick to them 
And I've got a bunch of them from people. Some of them funny, some of them really good. Uh, and, and I appreciate the effort that you all put in. At this point, the one that seems the strongest to me is the, because it's short and it kind of says it's all, was Patriots as opposed to Patriots. Putin and Patriots. It's, it's not quite there. It's not quite as strong as I'd hope it'd be, but that's the closest thing to what I'm looking for, I think. But anyway, <laughs> I got this text, and it was some somebody that works in education. Probably the best reason not to give their name. Somebody will fucking track it down and give them shit. But they didn't even write this. They got this from somebody else. This So this text comes to somebody I know who then texts it to me, if that makes any sense. I actually texted it to my wife, and then my wife texted it to me. So this is like fourth generation. (laughs) It's all the same text. It's digital, so I'm not going to get it wrong. This is what it said. If I was a principal, I'd I'd hire an artist to paint Putin's ugly-ass face at the bottom of every toilet bowl in the school. And then I would encourage peeps to let that shit go. (laughs) And and the phrase they're suggesting is hashtag Operation Poopin, spelled P-U-P-I-N. I I gotta be honest with you, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. That would never happen, of course, um, because... How do you paint in the bottom of a toilet bowl? I mean, do you drain it first and then paint it with some waterproof paint? What do, what do you fucking do? Or maybe you just get one of those plastic things. You know, they make them out to be targets. <laughs> People think it's des- a decoration. It's really to fool the idiots that refuse to go to the bathroom in the, uh, in the uh, facility. <laughs> it makes them feel like they're in competition. It's It's got all these testosterone uh, uh, raging idiots saying, oh, fucking target, I can hit that. <laughs> Just so they don't have to clean up after them. But maybe they do that with this. They take a picture of Putin and put one of those plastic things in the bottom. But you can't do that in the toilet. It's mostly a urinal. Maybe one of those blue cakes that you put in the toilet. And he put Putin's face. I don't know. It's a good idea, though. I mean, I think the sentiment is excellent. The Logistically, I, I, I don't know if it's possible. But I like the thought. So I appreciate that. Thanks for reaching out and giving us that idea. Well, obviously, the thing to be talking about these days is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It is a fucking mess there. And you've got Russia trying to convince the Russian people that they're winning, that they were attacked, that these people are Nazis, and it's fucking ridiculous. And only half of the citizenry of Russia are buying it. The younger people aren't buying it, and that's a problem for Vladimir Putin. Now, here's the problem with Vladimir Putin and Russia. They're fucking liars. They do nothing but lie. And they're in the process of killing innocent people. It was thought that Russia and Ukraine had worked out a ceasefire in certain areas, not total ceasefire, just certain areas to create safe corridors. So Ukrainians could escape Ukraine 
and all the fighting and be safe. So they wanted to create these channels so people could congregate there and get the hell out of the country so they weren't killed by this constant fucking shelling and shooting and all this shit. Seems like a reasonable idea, right? Sounds like a good idea. And any normal person would say, yeah, sign me up. That sounds like a good idea. I'm going to shell the shit out of your country, but let's keep the people safe. Let's let them go down a safe corridor and get out of there. We'll just tear up the buildings and such. So they came to an agreement on that. Vladimir Putin, the Ukraine, they all came to a consensus about this. So they opened those corridors and start letting people go and hopefully getting out of the country. But what does Vladimir Putin do? Ah, He keeps fucking shelling. He keeps shooting. He was like a trap for these people. That's the kind of fucking individual we're dealing with. You can sit and talk to them and they will lie to your face. Now, Russia is targeting residential and civilian areas. They're shelling nuclear power plants. They are using illegal weapons in Ukraine. This really isn't a war anymore. This is like a genocide. This is criminal behavior and rubbing it in the nose of international law. Now, everybody would say, I can't wait to see him get to The Hague and uh, be tried for his crimes. I'd like that, too. But as I look into that, I realize, well, fuck, it's going to be years of investigation and years before you would ever go to court. And then it's a matter, can you apprehend him? Can you bring him to court? It depends on how much power he has left in Russia. So if we're waiting for him to be tried at The Hague, I don't think you should worry about that because that's not going to happen. Something else will happen before then, and it may have to do with the future of Vladimir Putin, whether it be him holding office or him holding breath, because something's going to happen there. Now, Putin is also making threats against the West. He says anyone creating a no-fly zone over Ukraine will be considered Uh, to be making a declaration of war. Now, this is something that's been talked about. Um, President Zelensky has been begging Europe and or America to create a no-fly zone over Ukraine, stopping the bombing and the uh, missiles and all this stuff. Well, that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen, and here's, here's why. There is no country, including the United States, that's going to engage with Russia. As soon as they do that, then we've got World War III. Now, setting up a no-fly zone over Ukraine sounds nice, but it's not like you put up a shield, now you can't fly here anymore. Now, what it means is you put up this no-fly zone, and if a Russian plane comes into the no-fly zone, either some NATO plane or some American plane have to shoot it down. The moment they shoot it down, that is an act of war, and now we've got World War III. Um, and and so I think they're making the right choice by, by not putting up a no-fly zone or even fighting. I mean, it's a big risk to get into a war with Vladimir Putin and Russia and the Third World War and all of that stuff. But Vlad made another interesting comment. See, Vlad's getting very frustrated. This isn't working out anything like 
he expected. I'm going to give you some facts about the losses for the Russian military in a little bit, and you'll see what I mean. But Russia expected to come, expected to come in here, take it over in 72 hours. It'll be quick and easy and no big deal. But that's not been the case. Of course, his military has been far weaker than we imagined. Ukraine has been far stronger than we could imagine. And uh, it's almost getting to be a stalemate out there. For as much as Russia is losing um, military personnel and equipment, it's hard to say that they're winning this. They're not fucking winning this. I don't know if Ukraine is winning, but Russia is sure not winning. But then Vladimir Putin said something else, and I find this very curious. He went on to say, if you put up a no-fly zone, that's a declaration of war. But he also said, you put up all these sanctions, that's a declaration of war. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Many of those sanctions are already in place. And if Vladimir Putin is saying that's a declaration of war, we're in a war, right? According to Vladimir Putin. And... uh, Again, this goes to his frustration. His country is being decimated at this point. Absolutely fucking decimated. The economy is shot. Nobody can do anything. Food is hard to get. You can't fly a plane out of the fucking country. Transportation is stuck. Everything is done. He's even considering martial law. I would have to say that as much damage as he's done to Ukraine... He's almost done as much damage in a different way to his own country. Because what's being done to this country with all these sanctions and how the economy is tanking and the ruble is tanking and all of these things happening, he can't get technology shipped in, he can't get planes fixed, he can't do fucking anything. It's almost a serious amount of damage in Russia as there is In Ukraine, again, it's different. We don't have millions of people or thousands of people dying in Russia in this battle. That is a vastly different thing, and that's certainly more important in Ukraine. But what we may be seeing is the demise of a country economically in Russia. That's essentially what's happening. And this guy is willing to burn every bridge and scorch every bit of earth that he comes across. So Vlad says, you do the sanctions, it is a declaration of war. That means the USA and just about every other country in Europe and two-thirds of this world have uh, issued sanctions. So Vlad (laughs) is feeling like the entire world has declared war on him. And I don't care how fucking powerful uh, Russia thinks they are, they can't deal with that. So you think that's a declaration of war. Okay, Vlad, the sanctions have already been applied. Take a look at your country. So what are you going to do about it? Really, what are you going to do about it? This is about bullies. They make all kinds of threats very, very infrequently back it up. Uh, Is he going to attack the entire world? I don't think you have the wherewithal to do that. What we understand is that you have 75% of your military dealing with Ukraine. That means you're going to take 25% of your military and fight the rest of the world? No, I I don't see that, Vlad. I I don't see uh, how the fuck you're going to do that. 
The only thing he can resort to is the nuke, the nuclear weapon. And that's all he really has, to be perfectly honest with you. That's that's really all he has. The country is small economically, unstable economically. Um, it's It's not a great country other than the nuclear weapons. But the, the, the problem with the nuclear weapons is you can't win that. Vlad can threaten it, and if he were to shoot it off, then we'd shoot it off, and we'd probably wipe them out first, but ultimately there would be hundreds of millions of people, maybe billion people, killed in a nuclear war. Now, nobody in their right mind would walk into that. Nobody would do it. Now, the question is, is Vladimir Putin in his right mind? And if he's not, there's got to be people around him that recognize this and recognize the danger that they are in if he does something fucking stupid. Hopefully, they can do something about it because Vlad's not going to stop. Or maybe, here's something interesting, or maybe some special elite, special forces team can integrate or infiltrate uh, Russia and get to them in some way. Now, you don't hear about it officially, but you know America's done this before, and some of these other countries have done it before, too. Not in a country as big and powerful as Russia and a man in a position like Vladimir Putin, but these are desperate times. Here's a couple of interesting things. We are now hearing about thousands of uh, Americans and other Europeans going to the country to to uh, uh, offer their service as fighting in the army. And now, of course, Vla- uh, Zelensky and, and Ukraine isn't going to turn anybody down. They, they want to go at these guys, and if they can get some help from Americans or other European countries, um, they're going to take it. Now, I can respect these people for doing it. They have far more courage than I do, far more conviction by going to a country they know nothing about, putting on a uh, flak jacket and going to war to save Ukraine. I respect them for that. But is there more to that? Getting these America behind the, 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 the lines, if you will, and somehow engaging in war with the Russians. Is there more to that? Is there some other plan? Are these people not just nameless folks that show up? Are they people from our special forces or people that were once with our special forces? It's a very interesting thing that's going on there. And the fact is we'll probably never know if there is anything to that. That's the whole point of that business. You get people signing on with the CIA and nobody's talking about anything. Nobody admits anything. And if it goes wrong... Everybody's on their own. I don't know if that is anything or if it's just a bunch of people head up and want to go fight. It could be that too. But it is intriguing. And it'd be interesting to see what's going on in Russia. Like I said, 75% of the military are focused on Ukraine. So with only 25% of the military uh, dealing with other things in Russia, you have to think it might be easier to infiltrate uh, someplace in Russia at the Kremlin. Uh, 
Now, maybe I'm just dealing with wishful thinking. Maybe I've got pie in the sky, and that's certainly possible because I don't know fuck all about fuck all when it comes to uh, putting something like this together. But I'm hoping that there's more to the story than we're seeing because it looks like uh, Vlad Putin is just running roughshod and we can't do anything about it. I don't want to think that's the case. But we'll see what's happening. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Now, as we watch on TV this invasion by Russia into Ukraine, we're quickly finding out that there's a lot of ineptness in the Russian military, incompetence, if you will. We're hearing about a lot of losses by the Russian military. We're going to talk about that in a second. But they expected they would go in here, blow everybody away, take over, no big deal. But over and above being underpowered or undermanned uh, or whatever their problem is with the Russian military, it would appear that they're fucking stupid, too. I mean, Russia would have you believe that they were the best military in the world, but apparently they're not too fucking bright. Now, here's an interesting story. If this whole thing weren't so sad, this would be fucking hilarious. But it shows the ability of the Russian military. So there was a tank battle just outside of Kiev. I don't know, 30 miles from Kiev. But but here's the deal. <laughs> here's what happened. It was a tank battle. Presumably Ukraine against Russia. But not the case. It was Russian tanks versus Russian tanks. See, they both thought the other was a Ukrainian tank. So we got Russian tanks firing on Russian tanks and then them firing back. In the end, there were nine Russian tanks destroyed. <laughs> and and, and uh, there were also four army infantry carriers destroyed. And the people that destroyed them were <laughs> fucking Russians. I mean, this is, oh man, how, how, how do you even do that? I got to think there's a difference in look between the Ukrainian tanks and the uh, Russian tanks. Maybe not. But at least have some foresight and figure out who's what and where they are and who you're attacking. But here's nine tanks, all Russian, fighting against themselves, destroying the military units and the tanks. <laughs> and the Ukrainians are just sitting back on, well, this is a fucking hell of a show. After it was all said and done, not only did they destroy themselves, but they allowed Ukraine to save 13 anti-tank Javelin missiles. These are the missiles they would have had to use on these nine tanks, but instead they fucking killed themselves. They just fucking did themselves in. It's ah, If it wasn't so sad, it would be hilarious. But that's the problem with the Russian military. They're not as strong as we thought. They're not as powerful as we thought. And clearly, they're not as bright as we thought. I mean, a lot of this has to do with all these conscript soldiers, meaning they were drafted, meaning they are young, probably not trained the best. So they walk into a theater of battle, and they see a bunch of tanks. Immediately they think, oh, my God, that's the enemy. Let's start fucking shooting. Uh, 
And then when the other tanks start getting fire, they have to fire back just to fucking survive. When it's all said and done, there's a pile of nine tanks sitting there, all Russian, and not one Ukrainian fired a fucking shot. <laughs> oh, my God. And then still, Vlad, Vlad Putin will go back to uh, Russia in his propaganda and say, oh, everything's going just the way it's supposed to be going, exactly like I planned it. Everything's going well. We're winning. In fact, there are some people on the Russian side said they've already won. It's done. We've got it. We've taken it over. I never understood propaganda like that because, you know, eventually people are going to find out. And then when they find out, you're going to be a joke. But it's, it's interesting about narcissists and sociopaths. They think they're so brilliant. They think they can tell you something, buffalo you into believing it, and then they'll never have to be accountable for it but they have no foresight. They don't even consider the fact that maybe they'll be exposed for how stupid they are because that can't be. They're so smart. So they don't look ahead. They don't protect themselves should they be found out. They just lay it all out there and they look stupid as fuck. And that's, that's exactly what Vladimir Putin's doing here with this situation. <laughs> you got to be very proud of your tough Russian military if they took out nine tanks. Unfortunately, they were your own fucking tanks. It kind of reminds me of a football player. Now, being from um, Minnesota, obviously I'd been a Vikings fan, and since my life goes back to the 60s, I saw some of the old guys. Now, in like the 60s and 70s, Minnesota had a very strong defensive line. They called them the Purple People Eaters. There was Carl Eller, Alan Page, uh, Gary Larson, and then there was Jim Marshall. Now, Jim Marshall was one of the better guys on the line. They called him an Ironman. He went for like 10, 15 years, never missing a game. He had tons of sacks and all kinds of uh, accolades and accomplishments. But there was one game where he kind of fucked up. After all that success and all those years, he fucked up one time. You probably heard this story. For whatever happened, there was a fumble. I believe it was a fumble or an interception. I don't know. But Jim Marshall got the ball. And he took off for the goal line. And he was going fast. Nobody was catching him. Unfortunately, <laughs> when the play ended, Jim had run the wrong way. Yep, he, he went the wrong way, went to the wrong goal line and scored a touchdown for, and I, you know, actually, I don't know if that would have been a touchdown or a safety. But either way, Jim Marshall had a chance to go the other way and score a touchdown, be the hero for the team. But instead, he grabbed the ball, went to the wrong goal line, scored the touchdown, and uh, whatever points the other team got, they got points and uh, the Vikings didn't. Now, that's kind of hung over him. For a long, long, long time. Now, he ended his career in the 70s, and he should have been in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't. Now, he was just re recently inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, 40 years, 35, 40 years after he got out of the business. And that was kind of a weird thing, and, and it was surprising to a lot of people. But it was that one thing that kind of held him back. <laughs> now, here's the problem. Russia's doing that kind of shit every fucking day, shooting at nine of their own tanks. 
having soldiers get off convoys, crying and giving up and surrendering and begging for help and calling mommy at home. None of this bodes very well in trying to make us believe that the Russian military is especially powerful. And if you really look at this and you look at what's going on, it, it really almost you could almost say that Russia is losing this war. I know there's a lot of destruction and there's a lot of death and they have a lot of firepower. But when you think about who they're fighting, Ukraine, and then you take a look at Russia, how big and powerful they're supposed to be. Here's some things you should know. Since the beginning of the war, Russia has lost 44 fighter planes, 44 of them. Can you imagine that? They've also lost 44 helicopters. Now, just yesterday, one, yesterday was one of the worst days for losses for them. They lost five Russian fighter jets and four helicopters in one fucking day. Can you believe that? The other thing is they don't even have air superiority, which is weird because Ukraine doesn't have much of an air force. But they have still not accomplished air superiority. Remember, they were going to take this whole fucking thing over in 72 hours. But they've lost 88 planes and helicopters to the Ukraine. They haven't established air superiority. Thus far, they've lost 10,000 soldiers. Can you imagine that? You come in this big bully with all the power and all the strength behind you. You lose 44 helicopters, 44 planes. You don't get air superiority, and you lose 10,000 troops. The sad thing about these troops is they're all pretty much young men and women who don't know what they're doing, why they're there, not trained properly, and they find themselves in a firefight, and then they die. And then it has to go back to their family back in Russia who don't know what the fuck is going on because Vladimir Putin's telling them nothing, telling them that they're taking control of the place, they're winning, and they're just pushing back people that attack them. It's absolutely appalling. Now, <laughs> here's the interesting thing. I saw a video. Maybe I talked about this yesterday. I don't know. I repeat shit a lot, so just bear with me. Anyway, I saw this video, and an interviewer was talking to people in Russia, and he was talking to older people for the most part. And uh, this interviewer was trying to convey all the tragedy that was going on in Russia, and these people just refused to believe it. They said, that's not what's happening. Then they said, do you want to see some pictures? Some people said, yeah. And then they said, that's fake news. And some people said, no, I don't even want to see it. That's not happening. We're not bombing Kiev. There's no fucking way we're doing that. They're friends of ours. Our people are there. That's not happening. And this is because Vladimir Putin is all this propaganda. Now, at the same time, we've got a lot of young people who are rioting, protesting in the streets, and it's put, they're pushing back on Vladimir Putin. And this is very much a problem for Vladimir Putin. His biggest weakness is an uprising in his own country. 
and ultimately getting him out of power, because that's the only one thing he needs right now, is to maintain power. He's got all the fucking money in the world. I don't know why he just doesn't retire, take his hundreds of billions of dollars and go someplace and relax. He's going to be 70 years old, for Christ's sake. But it's a sickness that gets into people. Once you get some power, you want more, you want more, and then you never want to give it up. I got to tell you this. If I had $100 billion in the bank and I had power and things were going roughly, I'd give that fucking power up in a minute. <laughs> no way would I give a shit about it. But it's a, it's an illness these egotistical, narcissistic sociopaths have. They can never have enough power and they'll keep fighting for it till the fucking end. And the end usually goes badly for a person who takes that position. It's... It's surprising that uh, he can't see the light, but um, that's what's going on, man. A fucking guy's an idiot. He is crazy. He's fucking dangerous. And the NATO people really have to take a look at this. I know they have restrictions. They can't go into head-to-head battle with them. Otherwise, we got World War III. Nobody wins that thing. But something more has to be done. We can't just be sitting on the sidelines watching them <clears throat> ravage this country and uh, commit genocide on a people who are typically pretty peaceful, decent, love their country. And these bullies walk in and just start murdering them. At some point, there's got to be something that the people on the outside could do. Now, the moment he steps over a border and goes into a NATO country, theoretically everybody's going to pile up and go after him. I'd like to see that before I believe it, if it would really happen that way, because people are really walking on eggshells now because of the prospect of nuclear war, and I get it. We should walk on eggshells. But you can't just sit and let this happen. I mean, he's already said that we declared war by instituting these sanctions. But yet Vlad isn't doing anything. It's all about puffing up, pushing back, being the bully, and hoping somebody folds. This all started with Vladimir Putin and his troops on the border of Ukraine. He was trying to bully the situation. He thought they'd fold up and die. They didn't. So he goes into Ukraine, and he thinks he'll scare them once he's in the Ukraine, and everybody will back off and run away. But, of course, Ukraine didn't do that. They fought back. And then Vladimir Putin finds out, well, he wasn't ready to bring his troops in there because they weren't doing very well. Now, I did hear about something, and this this apparently is tied to another story that I talked about before. Remember the story where we'd heard that there were going to be 70 jets brought to Poland and the Ukraine, the EU was offering them to uh, Ukraine. They'd park them in Poland. The Ukraine pilots would go there and use them in their attacks back in their home country of Ukraine. And then one of our listeners sent me an email and said, yeah, that deal fell through. I go, how the, how the fuck does that deal fall through? And I'm sure the, the country that was offering them is thinking, well, that's a lot of money in planes. If they all crash and they're all shot down, we're fucking out a lot of money. So again, it comes down to money. Well, there's a new story right now, and it, interestingly enough, involves 70 fighter jets. 
Apparently, the U.S. is working out a deal right now with Poland to supply 70 fighter jets to Ukraine. And then what the U.S. is going to do is they're going to replenish the uh, 70 jet fighters to Poland. So what's going to happen is Poland, because they're close, give them 70 fighters going to Ukraine. And then so Poland doesn't have to put out any money. America is going to foot the bill again, provide 70 planes and just give them to fucking Poland. I'm curious if all those planes make it through the war, who gets those planes? Do we get them? They go back to Poland? I don't know. You never know how government works. But now I can see why this fell through, because it's all about fucking money. The one moment in time money shouldn't be a factor, it's about money. Poland will give them the jets if America will give them replacement jets. So the only people that are out anything, the only people that actually truly donated anything, are the fucking Americans, at least in in this situation. So that's what's going on out there. Now, one of the other things people are talking about, and I, you know, I think this is something we ultimately have to do. Um, the U.S. and other countries around the world are looking at banning the sales of Russian oil. Now, you have to understand, the sale of oil is pretty much the only thing that keeps Russia alive. And their biggest uh, customer is Europe. We get some of it, not as much as Europe, but we get some of it. And what people are suggesting is that uh, we banned the sale. We don't buy any more gas or oil from them. Some big oil companies have already done that, Shell, BP, stuff like that. They said they don't want any of the Russian oil. So that's going to cost them a lot of money. But if we shut off their sales of oil to all the people that are their normal customers, their big customers, this will absolutely end the economic life of Russia. And I've said this before. If you're fighting with a bully, you got to remember two things. Punch him in the mouth first because he'll back off and run or curl up and cry. But if you're in a fight with a bully, you have to do make sure of one thing. They're not very ethical people that don't have credibility or integrity or anything like that. You walk up to a bully, punch him in the mouth, and he falls down, and you walk away victorious, I guarantee you, if he can, that fucker's getting up and jumping on your back, and you're going to have to fight some more. My point is is that uh, if you get a bully, you knock him down, and you make sure they're going to stay down for a while to keep yourself safe or not to have done nothing else but annoy or irritate a bully because now they're going to be worse. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to put Russia down and keep them down for a long time. The economy's falling apart. The last linchpin would be taking away the sales of their oil. Then they've got nothing. They're completely isolated. Their economy will crash. The country will go to shit. You let them go to shit long enough, where they really can't do anything for a long time. Put them down, keep them down. I will almost guarantee you that America and other European countries will not do that. But that's what I would do if I were in that situation, and I hope whatever they do, they can resolve the situation, stop the fighting, and give people their lives back, for Christ's sake. Um, 
we're hearing from the mayor of a town called uh, Maripol. Uh, they've been they've suffered missile fire and bombs and all that kind of stuff, and they're saying at this point um, the the city is in a dire situation. There's no power or water and no way to collect up the dead bodies. They've got no, I don't know if it's transportation or, or, or people or whatever it is, but imagine that. You've got a town, pretty good-sized town, has no water, no power, and has trouble tending to those people in distress or dead. Sound familiar to you? How about uh, Texas? <laughs> Remember that winter when they had no power, they had no heat, they had no water, they had trouble getting help to people? Yeah, we know how bad that can be, and it's no better in this town in Ukraine. So while all this fighting's going on and people are being killed by missiles and bombs, we have to remember that there are a lot of people that haven't been caught up in firefights and those sorts of things, but this country is being destroyed, and some of the natural amenities that you would expect day to day are going to go away at least temporarily like power like heat like water and that just makes lives for these people worse that's why this thing has to be finished up pretty quickly it's one thing to kill a bunch of people and that is the most tragic thing you could possibly think of but those people that are left over are made to suffer and struggle and maybe die because of other reasons exposure what have you This is a frightening thing for these cities, for this country, for its president. And we have to keep all these things in mind. We have to get creative. We have to make sure that we come up with every possible way to help and get this stopped. Because that's the only way Ukraine can heal. It's going to take a long time for them to heal. It's going to take a long time for Russia to heal after all the sanctions and what that's done to them. Here's an interesting story. Not surprising, but interesting. President Zelensky spoke to U.S. Uh, lawmakers via Zoom. Now, when he, before he started this uh, conversation, talking about the war and such, he said, look, do me a favor. Do not take any pictures of me on this screen and then put them on social media. It may identify where I am And it could get me killed because they're looking for me and they want to kill me. Seems like a reasonable request. But when it was all said and done, here comes Marco fucking Rubio, Mr. Hotshot, racist piece of shit. And what's he do? He takes a shot of Vladimir Zelensky on the screen and he puts it out in a fucking tweet or Facebook or whatever. Now, does this guy do this because he's fucking stupid, because he doesn't listen, or somehow he has some value in getting Zelensky killed? I don't know. But somebody like this needs to be attended to, needs to be dealt with. He is putting another president of a country in this world at risk, literal risk of death, and he doesn't think twice about it. I know how the Republicans hate the cancel culture, but if there's anybody that needs to be fucking canceled right now, it's got to be Marco Rubio. 
Okay, the last thing I want to talk about has nothing to do with war, has nothing to do with politics. This is just something that's been annoying me. And if you aren't on TikTok, you probably haven't seen this. But there's uh, several big creators out there, and they're going back and forth and arguing. It was some personal thing between one big creator and another big creator. One, they, they slept together and somebody didn't tell somebody something and they're upset about it, so they're calling them out on TikTok and vice versa. And then all the people that are seeing this that are followers of these people are chiming in as well. So you can sit on TikTok and watch this this uh, this fucking soap opera going on and uh, watching these two go back and forth at one another. And frankly, I think both sides are disingenuous. I don't give a fuck about their personal life. And when I see it, I scroll past it. But that's something we see in this realm. I'm talking about social media, podcasting, whatever. We saw it with uh, Joe Rogan. We see it with some of the big uh, creators on TikTok. They get to a point where they have hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of followers. <laughs> and they start believing their own press release. Wow, I'm somebody. I'm a star. Now that I'm a star, people just like me because I'm a genius. Now I can do whatever the fuck I want. And people will just clap and applaud for me because I'm so talented. And I find that incredibly frustrating. If you've worked your time and put your time in to getting a big following or listenership by doing one thing. And then all of a sudden you get very popular and you think you're very powerful. Then you change that one thing to something totally different and you make it all about you. The fact of the matter is it's nothing about you. It's about what you did and how you found your niche and what you provided to that niche that they were looking for. I mean, it's like me. I'll tell you stories about my grandkids and stuff like that, but I'm not going to pull you into any drama in my life. That, you don't fucking care. It's stupid to do it. But day after day, I'm watching this. The only thing I've gotten some joy out of it is there's a couple of women out there that are kind of mocking what's being done, and it's pretty funny. I happen to enjoy a little sarcasm, so I found it very funny. But my point of this is, is, is when you come to my TikToks and you come to my podcast, never ever am I going to believe I'm bigger or more important than the information you're looking for. When you watch me on TikTok or you tune into the podcast, you know exactly what you're going to get. Whether I have 10 listeners or 10 million listeners, it's never going to change. Because if you've worked in media and you have something that works, you stick with it. You don't assume you're a star and try to do all this other stuff and, and, and try to involve your listeners into your boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, your he said, she said stuff. It's fucking annoying. And it's arrogant. And it's disingenuous. You're not doing this because you're so hurt or you're crying or that you're not really a misogynist, that uh, you just don't communicate well. It's not that at all. It's you taking yourselves too fucking seriously. And I can guarantee you this. I will never take myself too seriously. And I always just do what you want to hear. You don't give a fuck about my personal life. I'll tell you about my grandkids because I love my grandkids. I'll tell you about stuff I do. But it's just all, it's just all small talk, you know.
just to give you a feel about what I'm thinking and where I'm at. All this stuff about bringing drama into it is absolute fucking bullshit. And I don't care if you think you're the victim or you're the aggressor. It's all bullshit. You're not that important. It's what you provided to the service that people were interested in. Nobody knew who the fuck you were beforehand. And five years from now, they won't know who the fuck you are. So take that in in mind when you when you decide to do something. You've had great success providing information or entertainment to somebody. Just fucking do that. Nobody cares about your personal life. Uh, you know, it's, it's just funny to me how these people get so wrapped up in themselves. They think they're that important. And uh, they just aren't. And they will fade away just as quickly as they showed up. They won't have as much success because they aren't providing what people want or expect. They're now shoving down these people's throats what they think they should get and what they think is going to make them look good or get them followers. People make this mistake all the time, and I feel bad for them, and I feel annoyed by them. And I'm sorry for the listeners and the followers that follow these people to have to get sucked into that shit. You see something you like, you want to follow it, and then all of a sudden this kind of crap happens. I apologize for that. I promise you, I will never suck you into that in this podcast or in my TikToks. All right, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to me. Every day I wonder, why do they fucking do that? But you do, and I appreciate it. And I will still continue to provide the information you're looking for. Not about my personal life, because it isn't that fucking exciting. I actually have a pretty tame social life. It's pretty calm. It's pretty sedate. You know what? I fucking like it that way, and that's the way I'm going to keep it. So anyway, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.